Welcome to the Power Lunch Live podcast, every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, live in the Morning Motivation and Guy Who Knows a Guy Facebook groups. I bring together up to four interesting people. It's like we're meeting at a cafe for lunch. Each guest brings a topic to share, and we let the conversation flow. We never know who will show up, and we never know what fascinating direction the conversation will go. Let's meet our lunch guests. Welcome, everybody, to the second ever Power Lunch Live podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. I have here three great guests, including Chris, so I'm glad you were able to fill in at the last minute. I'm very excited to have you here. Um, we're going to go around quickly and do improv. I'm excited to have Deanne Marley in here as well, um, but I appreciate Chris filling sure. in a couple <laughs> days ago. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm starting off great. All right, I'm just going to uh, turn my camera off. Right out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> right out of the gate, you're impressed. It's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Where'd he go? Did he okay. Yeah, and I'm back. He's All right. hiding. Oh. He's hiding from us. <laughs> I, I, was, I just had to compose myself. I'm so <laughs> cramped. Um, all right. So we're going to go around the table briefly, do quick introductions of, of who we are. And then uh, what we do is each of our guests has brought a topic. And um, we're going to go into their topic. We may get to all the topics. We may just do one topic. We may talk about something entirely different. But the topics kind of give us a little bit of structure and something to focus with. We're going to start with introductions. You know who these wonderful people on the screen are. Starting with Marlene. Who are you, you wonderful person? Hi. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to start with Dia. So I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Go for it. Go for all it. All right. Hey, everyone. Hey. Yay. <laughs> My name is Marlene. I am Canadian. So, you know, for you Americans and for the panelists, be nice to me. Come on, all. <laughs> I am a project specialist management because I've been in project management for almost 11 years. But I've ventured into sole proprietorship because I want to start a new business that pushes BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, people of color professional women who need to climb that corporate ladder. So I'm helping them to flip that switch from being denied and taken advantage of to speaking their truth, owning their space, and displaying their worth and value so that they can, what? Break the scene. Nice. Awesome. All right, Dia, you're up next. I'm honored to be here with you. Uh, I'm Dia Irby. I help Christian parents of young children who say, where's the instruction manual? I help them uh, develop a personalized GPS, parenting GPS, so they know where they're going and how to get there with their family. But also, it's in the context of building community. In every aspect of my life, I've always wanted to build community because people want to belong. And as I say, belonging is in the sea of humanity, belonging is the shore that brings security, love, and identity. Love it. So there you Welcome. go. And Chris. What's going on, everybody? My name is Chris True. I am a comedian at night, but during the day, I use my comedy skills, my comedy background to help people be more charismatic and confident communicators using my improv comedy classes. So. Um, so happy to be here. Love talking about improv. Love meeting new people, and I'm grateful for the guy who knows a guy. Aren't we all? Yay! 
All right, thank you. So I, I always appreciate, as I mentioned last week, great way to, um, uh, great way to, to ingratiate yourself and be invited back is to compliment the host. So always a good, uh, good strategy. So our first topic that we have that uh, Dia submitted is on building community, building community in the home, at work, in organizations, and parenting. Um, so we're going to have, you know, you're going to take about two, three minutes to kind of kick off the topic, and then we will kick it around and and it will flow freely. So Dia, talk to us about community. Well, you know, um, and it's gotten, people need to feel like they belong. I mean, why do we have gangs in the streets? Because they're just looking for somewhere to belong. And the home is the nucleus of where people find belonging. And there's a way to build community just because you live under the same roof doesn't mean you feel like you belong. And I created an acronym that people, can you see this? Is it backwards claim? No, no it's forwards, it's good. Okay, uh, claim, and this is how I sort of summarize community that can be used in the home or at work, in your organization, working with your people. The C stands for chosen. People wanna know that they're actually selected to be a part. L is for, I'm sure you could guess, right? Loved. They want to know that they're loved in, in, a, in a work environment. That means feeling secure and uh, non-judgmental, even though there may be an evaluation of your work. You know that you can have safe, comfortable conversations. A is acknowledged. Um, all the productive people are not necessarily acknowledged, but all acknowledged people are productive. So the A is for acknowledged. And the, and the I is invested in. A parent needs to invest time more than, that's how children spell love, T-I-M-E. But in the workplace, uh, people that are in charge of people or in an organization, if you're investing time, energy, just listening, that, may, that goes a long way to just hear someone and invest time. And, and then the M is for made for greatness, but a lot of that is just letting people know that they matter. So this is, this is sort of an acronym that I use to summarize, to evaluate, you know, stop, step back and look at my relationships in my marriage or in friendships. Am I really helping them feel like they belong and that I've claimed them with all those elements? So that's my spiel. <laughs> I, I love that concept and the, the idea that building community and making sure that people, you know, feel feel like they're part of something is huge, you know, in, in all environments. Um, feel free to, to jump in, folks, while I fiddle with this banner. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, first of all, I love that you have an acronym for that because that relates to what I'm doing. I want the women who are working to show their intuitive, their intelligence, they're driven to feel that acknowledgement and to get that acknowledgement at work and to claim their their rights, quote unquote. So this is perfect because this is what BIPOC engagement does. I, I chose the word engagement because it encompasses everything that I want the women to feel. Engagement means empowered. Engagement means care for, like you said. Engagement means invested it gives me showing your worth so i totally agree with that and i love that you place it in a acronym form absolutely awesome. 
Yeah, I also have uh, an ebook on my website that it goes deeper into it and has some illustrations if if anybody's interested in that. And uh, I mean, people they just want to belong. Mm -hmm. And I when I a couple years ago, well, <clears throat> pre our current condition, the statistic was three out of four people claim that they're lonely. And I just checked today. One third, one out of three people say that they have loneliness. And you know, how can we? We can claim them and just looking around. And one of the things I'm excited about implementing this in my community is I've just become a sponsor for a new community website where I will have an opportunity to interview, video, and post on the website local people, businesses, community leaders, school principals, so that people begin to feel like they belong to the community and they know the people in the community because a lot of fear comes from the unknown. And if you know your neighbor, even though they might have a different sign in their yard than you do, <laughs> but you know they get up and they put one foot before the other to get out of the bed and and they they bleed when they cut, you know, that is what's bringing people together. And I'm so I'm excited about the potential that that is going to do. It also might affect my real estate business because people see me as a contributor to the right, community. Won't hurt, won't hurt. <laughs> but first, I want to be a, a community contributor. So there, there's that. Yeah, I have, a, I have a question or a thought here. So this is really interesting. I never thought about what uh, about having community in a home. I think a lot of people assume that home equals community, right? But I'm sure that that's not true for for some of the, you know, um, quote unquote, you know, worst cases of people feeling loneliness or abandonment. So I would love to hear you talk more about um, how, how do you create community in a home? Well, I thank you. I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> insert in online course. No. Um, well, just part of it is acknowledging the value and claiming every person in the family. When, uh, if a working parent never has time for their child, they don't feel like they belong. And, you know, they're out there making the money so they can give the child everything. But like I said earlier, children spell uh, love, T-I-M-E. And having, uh, developing uh, traditions in the home, like, I did a TED talk about the magic of the meal. You can find that on YouTube, but it, it, there's a lost value in just sitting around the table and talking about the day with your children. Whether it's a single parent or both parents or co-parenting or however, but that stopping and sitting around the table and talking about how was your day. And we, we raised eight children. The last one is out of the house after 45 years. It took us a long time to have them all because same husband, same body, but it was over three decades. They're in their 20s, 30s, and 40s now. Of course, I got married when I was 12. But anyway, um, so, uh, <laughs> but we would sit around the table and just have discussions like, 
what would you do if such and such situation came up? Your friend asked you to do this, or what do you think about this? And just let them talk through things, helping them develop their own moral convictions that belong to them and never say it because I said so. Mm. Teaching them to be thinkers, valuing their thoughts and, and just claiming them, doing all of those. My husband started off with the first one saying, if all the little girls in all the world were lined up and God said I could pick anyone I wanted, I would pick you. Of course, then we had a son and then, you know, if all the boys and all the girls, and then we had our second son, if all the three-year-olds were lined up in the world, <laughs> and then it got, you know, just out of hand with number eight. But anyway, they knew that they were chosen. We, we accepted them into the family, just like we did our three exchange students that we added through the years, too. So, yeah, we can count those. And those are extras, like 11. So, yeah, um, yeah I think about that with my... With, with my daughter, I, you know, I'm busy um, being in the early stage of launching a business, and I try to make a, you don't have to talk about me like that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, but so we took a week off. We took a road trip from, from Connecticut to Florida um, because awesome. it was it was a matter of, you know, when we're home, there's distractions, there's TV, there's YouTube, there's all these things going on. And I'm like, let's just pack our tiny metal box with me. And... Um, take off so that we have to spend time together uh, and it, it it took a little acclimation because of course she, she's a very smart kid but she's still seven and so so I'm like okay we're going to go we're going to have these amazing conversations and we're going to engage in these topics and she no she wasn't having it um, she was sometimes when she was in the mood for it but then ten minutes later she'd be like I want to turn the radio up um, and I had to kind of get comfortable with you know we might just listen to music for an hour that's that's, That's right. Okay. Well, and, and, you know, you can get booed at all your bad dad jokes. And, you know, when you're seven, <laughs> everything that your dad says that he thinks is funny is a bad dad joke. So She loves my dad jokes. I'll oh, have good. You know. Well, here's my the thing. In life, are... with your family, and in life, you know, people talk about this idea of being balanced. Mm -hmm. Well, at work, you can you can go way out here and then come back and be really focused here and then go out again and and adjust when you find out you're not working enough but with your family it has to be a really close to the bar mm -hmm. you're going to get out of balance but when you're when you know that you are going to have a focused time where you have to give more time to work then just say look I want to just be up front. Don't think I'm leaving you right now. I have this project. Or if you're somebody that's having to work from home, mm -hmm. now you have your home office and your kids are, oh, they're here. Not, not, not. Set boundaries for them and let them know, I love you. If you want to have food with your meals, then I have to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm working at this time and you can, so don't bother me. But yeah. when, when you're not working, you have to be 100% present. Right. But I, and I've got to say, my, my daughter's, even when she was, when the pandemic started, she was five, she understood that I worked from home. Um, and she was very good about either not bothering me, or she did, because, you know, I'm on Zoom calls all the time, often recording. She understood, she watches YouTube a lot, so she gets what recording is. Um, we actually have, we created a YouTube channel when she was like three, put a couple, a couple <laughs> shows on it. Um, they're fun. 
uh, I'm actually teaching her how to do well, I, I downloaded some video editing software for her to figure out. So I said, if you can edit it yourself, you can have a YouTube channel, but I don't have time to edit your videos for you. <laughs> but, but what she'll do is like, she'll stand maybe in front of the computer or out of sight. Uh, and she's smart enough to look at the screen and know if she's showing up on it. And if she needs something, she'll stand there and wait because she understands she can't go dad, 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 if I'm recording. Um, and so she's actually been very, very impressed by that. But I'm always trying to find ways to, because uh, I, in theory, could work less. Um, but I want to try to find ways to get her involved in what I'm doing, too. Because that's, I think that's the best way to have balance is integration. If I can bring her with me or make her part of it or something like that, then I feel like that's the best way. Instead of, you know, doing less, bring her in more. Exactly. Get them involved. Um, well, think about your closest group that you feel like is the strongest community you belong to. What makes it that way? What? <laughs> um, I think it's being intentional with your time and being great listeners. Like, you, you are drawn close to people who are really stellar listeners who make you feel heard and who build off of what you, who build off the awesome that you said and who are, you know, who just build with you. Awesome. Anybody else? Yes. It's also, um, the connection and the communication, right? The two seeds and community. Hey, cause that's important as well. Because it goes back to your point, from being in the house, like you, you can be disengaged. Whereas if you talk and communicate and be clear in your communication, you just made your community and your household that much more inviting, that much more enticing. Exactly. So the, uh, to answer your question, Chris, about how do you have this principle in the home, same way you have it anywhere. You respect the individuals that are members. You are open to communication and do communicate. Um, for children with parents, a lot of it is, first of all, you have to know the who you are and consistently that. Because it's a real challenge for children if they wake up and don't know if they're gonna get happy mom or mad mom. <laughs> so you, you have to, it, building a community in the home the parents are the thermostat and the children are the thermometers so if yes. things aren't good in the home check your thermostat absolutely i've definitely seen that when, when we're stressed out then i notice her getting she's gets upset more and sure it's like they even when they're little bitty they know mm -hmm. if you're nervous or you're stressed or you're in a hurry oh if you have to go somewhere and you have to get however many kids you have into a car and you're in and you're running late and you're in a hurry it's like waiting for the person to get out of that parking spot when you're sitting there and you know that they're leaving and they know that you're waiting and it takes them extra long time <laughs> that's true Human nature. So, right, well, is, is there any way for a kid to to like manually adjust the thermostat in that analogy? You know, like like it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I'm actually not. Like like no. if that is the analogy. How can a kid be like, oh, mom is mom is too hot or too cold? What can I do 
to improve the conditions here? That's a really good question. It, you know, it would have to be a very mature uh, mechanical skill <laughs> to adjust the thermostat. However, if the communi communication is there, then a child could be feel free to say, Mom, chill, or calm down, or, or just come up and hug them. You know, there just you come up and hug the parent. And so, but it, there's the pre-work to happen. Yeah, have the comfort. Being authentic, honest, and just saying to your kids, you know, there's a lot going on right now, and I might get a lot of, might get upset and easily, and I'm gonna apologize ahead of time. Yep. Yeah, and this then, is. Yeah, I, I always try to try to pay attention. You know, kind of seeing her as a thermometer, pay attention that if, and try to give her the space to to let me know that I'm. And and there have been there have been times too where where I'll you know, lose my temper and because sometimes I'll um, you know I'll yell, I'll yell for effect um, you need to get a kid's attention and and you know we don't use corporal punishment we actually don't use many punishments at all but I'll sometimes deploy my voice for that purpose but there are sometimes too where I'll misunderstand the situation I thought she did something she's actually not doing it and then I'll apologize because she needs to learn people make mistakes and it's not Absolutely. just her everyone makes mistakes exactly and that, that brings us back to the fact that every person, no matter what size they are, is a person mm -hmm. with value that needs to be respected. So, yes. I don't know if that answered the question, but it's worth a try. All right. So, speaking of respecting the value of all people, Marlene, yes. you are the next one on the topic. Uh, talking about... BIPOC professional women and getting them unstuck on the corporate ladder. Yes, yes. And I'm going to refer to Dee's presentation because it aligns perfectly, perfectly with what I have to say. I didn't even think I was going to do this. I was in another realm. I was working for the government. I didn't think that this would be on the radar. So the fact that I'm even doing this is Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm thanking because I want to serve the people in their plight to climb that corporate ladder. And being from the BIPOC community and having those same pain points, I can relate and I'm hoping to resonate with them in that fact of being ignored, denied taken advantage of, taken for granted, and the list goes on and on and on. So, and like I was telling Michael, this venture is a brand new venture, and the website is a brand new website as well. And the purpose is to make the ladies aware that there is actual help, there's actual substance, here in Canada, and I have to say that because everybody's American. Here in Canada, and in the nation's capital on top of that, so that they can live the life and be, like you said, acknowledged, appreciated, respected. Because all those three factors 
is lacking on our way up to the top. I did this because of what is happening in the world. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like he said, we are people. We are people in this human race with different avenues, but I respect Michael just because he's come from a different background doesn't mean I have to be with him. Same thing with Taylor, or Tyler, sorry. Steve. <laughs> What's your name? I put the names back up for you. <laughs> oh, what did he say his name was? Chris, Chris, and Dean, right? You, may, you, you don't have to like me, but you have to respect me because I'm in this workplace. I'm in this position that I have been granted because I've proven myself to get where I am. So going to the pinnacle of this is there's no resource again. There's no actual, let me come to you. There's more and more Facebook groups with this issue, and that's great because we need all the help that we can get. But I want to go further. I want to, like you said, Michael, move the thermometer. I want to access and give access to the ladies with with their their talents and their treasure and their drive. And let them know, let them realize that you own your space, you take your space and you display your worth and your value, which is being denied. And in some cases daily, in many cases, not even some, many cases being denied daily. So, so what would you say, um, you know, if, if uh, someone in your audience is, is watching, um, what would you say they need to do if they're, let's say, a, you know, corporate situation, they're not being respected, they're not being um, appreciated, what, what would be the, the course of action for them? The first, the very first thing to do is the first C that was telling me about the communication. Mm -hmm. You can't assume because you're being mistreated that the person that's been seeing you knows that that is the case. Mm. You cannot do that. So send an email, have a meeting, whatever it is that you need to do and tell them I had I had that idea. Let's just say um, you're in a meeting, everybody's talking and a person's idea or sorry, your idea went to another person. And mm -hmm. using that example, that's, that's exactly what happened to me. So, so, so what did I do? I went directly to said person. So actually, in the meeting, I told the um, the individual who was speaking, and who said that he was doing this venture, and I let the meeting know, the meeting people know. Oh, that was my idea, by the way. But thank you, thank you for reminding me of this this intuit, intuition that I have. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So, but it's to make that communication clear, to make that message clear. So first and foremost, go to the person and tell them that that's what happened. Because like I said, most of the time they don't, 
even me like that. They doing it. Yeah. They unconscious bias. Unconscious bias. Yes. Tell it, dear. Tell it. But also, you know, sometimes we write a story. Like I've had times, totally other subject kind of thing, where I was sure somebody was upset with me because I saw them at the grocery store and they didn't acknowledge me. It's like they were avoiding me. And then I write this whole big story in my head about all these things. And then I find out that they were having a horrible time because they just found out this bad news. They never saw anybody, didn't know I was anywhere near. And I wasted all my energy making up uh building up all bad feelings when to your point i should have just communicated yeah 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 and i i told i so i i've been that guy um the one who you know I, so i i'm i'm a little bit uh high energy as some people may know um i try to tone down on things like this to let other people speak but it took me a long time um you know, when, when my when my hair is the same color as Chris's hair, uh, I was a bit more dominant of the room, and I didn't understand. Like I, my thought was, if if your opinion's that good, just say it louder. If I can't hear it, you're not loud enough. And now looking back, I'm like, there's some really good ideas that people whisper because they're not that loud because they're too busy thinking to talk. Uh, but yeah, you know, when I was when I was young and stupid, um, I, I I thought that you know. Louder is better, and you know, if I were calling on the people who aren't raising their hands, they don't have anything to say. Um, that took me a long time to realize that, but so, some of it is that communication piece because I'm sure people assume he knows what he's doing, he knows that he's controlling the room, he knows he's being so. And then when people did approach me, it was, it was like, why are you always controlling the room? Like, I'm not controlling the room, I listen to everybody because I thought I was, but I didn't know. And it took me years, many, many, many years to realize like, oh, you know, oh, they are trying to, to speak and oh, they're not comfortable bringing it to your attention for the same reason you're talking over them. And so it ends up being, a, you know, complex, you know, complex things so that that communication. Um, and, and I think the key thing is that non, non-adversarial communication, you know, whenever I, as Dia said, you know, sometimes you think someone's upset. I always, for the purpose of communication, assume the best. Yeah, you know, I I'm sure you probably don't remember I mentioned that idea first, but um, you know I I did actually mention it last week, and of course you may know they know, but you give them the out if you say you you probably don't remember this, but and then they could be like, well actually I, I do remember it now that you mention it, but if you accuse as soon as you accuse they're like whoa, you know, you know if I'm like well, so you've gotten wise in your old age, I, I have. It Is took this what me I have a while. to look forward to? Huh? Yes. Is this what I have to look forward to? Okay, because I got a couple of gray hairs right here, so I'm on my way to a Michael. I can't wait to be as wise. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't take you as long. <laughs> no, I, I, I love everything that we're saying right here. I, I wanted to throw in the mix the um I've been reading a lot of stoicism books lately and it's opened me up to a lot of a lot of lines of thoughts that are basically like you are not your thoughts. So just because you are thinking this thing, it doesn't mean that you are that. And what Dee was just saying about the gentleman in the grocery store, it's like we're all telling ourselves these stories and we need to check ourselves and make sure that those stories we're telling are not overpowering what is real, what the real relationships, what the real communication issues are. And that's not an excuse for someone being 
a bad person. Uh, to bring it back to what Marlene's whole thing is here, that's not an excuse for bad behavior, but it's something that we can be more aware of um, as, you know, especially if we are, if we have some status in that workplace or, um, or if we're the person who is constantly being marginalized for, you know, for BS reasons, you know. Um, yeah, I, I love stoicism. I love, I love checking my little daily stoic book from Ryan Holiday to be like, let me make sure my mind's right on this one. Let me make sure I'm in the right headspace here. It helps solve a lot of problems, helps prevent a lot of conflicts. So yeah, thank you for all that you're doing, Molly. I think it's really cool. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Chris. Oh, actually, Marlene, I do I have a question for you. So, how can how can how can people help you? Like, how can you know? Um, and with your mission, what's the best way for people to be aligned with what you're trying to do here? Great question, Chris. Thank you so much for asking. To first and foremost, like we like we're all saying, connect with me. Connect with me. Um, can I write in the chat there, Mr. Mr. Whitehouse? Can I put my my information? Uh, yes, yeah, so you got your website here. Do you want to put something else up? Yes, just info at bipocengagement.com. Um, so this is the email to get in contact with me because on my newly designed website, which is really being worked at as we speak by my website designer, but that is the email address to get in contact with me. And the reason I say that because I want to connect with you. I want to serve, but I can't serve if I don't know what your needs are. I'm not gonna be here telling you what I think you need. You are gonna tell me what it is that you want help with. So, to reiterate, contact me at info at bipocengagement.com. That is the uh, general information. And as we get closer, because I do want to get to know you, that's another thing. We are we are in our own community. We are our people with the shared values and senses and the, with the shared problems. So let's talk so I can know what your pain points are, you can collaborate, and we can move on to the next stage of what you need to do. And on that point, I told this to Michael as well, like, <laughs> is that I am going to be having a um, a webinar. Don't ask me when, <laughs> don't know. Um, it's called The Three Fundamental Keys to Breaking the Ceiling. Subtitle, it's not what you think. So that's actually the title of the webinar. And because now it's time, it's our time to shine, to reveal our truths, to have that space to speak our truth so that we can, in fact, like I said, <clears throat> break the ceiling. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yep. Yeah, I think to, to Chris's question, one of the, the challenges actually someone um, recently asked, um, they're asking, uh, they're a coach who helps women in the workplace, and they were asking for men to share quotes. Um, and I'm like, you know, sure, I'll share a quote, what do you need? They said, well, you know, what would you tell younger men in the corporate world to help be better ally to their um, their female colleagues? 
Uh, and and I said, well, first off, I've I've worked all of like seven months in the corporate world, so I probably don't have a lot of, you know, the the, the office politics environment is not a great one for me. But one thing that I've I've run into in uh, trying to be a good ally is that sometimes that can be fraught territory. So you're trying to help, um, and you mean well, and so you know you say something, you try to say something important, try to say something helpful, and it's misinterpreted, and you're lashed at it. And after that happens two or three times, you're like, you know, it'd be the easier path, not saying it. I don't want to get yelled at again for trying to be helpful. Wasn't my issue. I'm just gonna. Um, and so I think that that's that. Some of the challenge is that that um, you know anyone in a, a privileged position. Um, I happen to check a lot of the privileged boxes, and I'm aware of it. But to be like, so what? What came to? And that's, that's part of why networking appeals to me. Being a connector is one of the things that can override privilege is making connections. Because if you're in certain communities, you may not have access to other communities. I can, you know, bridge bridge gaps across things. That's where I try to try to do my part. But um, I, I think it's one of the challenges. That I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Of you know, when, when allies try to help and sometimes end up, you know, stepping into a hornet's nest um, for the best of intentions. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, even before you decide to partner with anybody or be allies with anybody find out what their goal is, find out what their objectives are, and see if that, even before you talk to them, find out from that information if that aligns with what you want to do. Mm. And then have that conversation again, because that's the key. And then kind of have, like, interview them. Why not? Right? What? Why do you think would be would make us a good ally? Uh, what do you propose if we if a situation arises, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So even before you jump, and I do want people to take that leap, by the way. But before you take that leap, okay, hold on, hey, where do I have to go? What do I have to do? Who are you? You you have to know your people, mm-hmm. and then at that point, you can go. And you always have to check them anyways. Because even if you make that an ally, you always have to check with them anyhow to make sure that they're still on that same page and that they don't start veering off. Okay. So, so in the the work environment, and again, I think some of the work creates a closed dynamic. You know, I, I work in the world of consultants and contractors and people who, yeah, you know, if the relationship's bad, they just go find another find another client or find another um, uh, vendor. But you know, the workplace can't do that. Um, so, you talk about communication. You know, would, would it be appropriate to, you know, say a, a man who wants to support the female colleague to open that conversation and say, uh, "It's going to be probably an awkward opening either way." But to to kind of say like, "So I understand that there's some some dynamics in the workplace. I don't see them because of where I sit. How can I be an ally to you?" Is that a, a good question is that a awkward question it is it is and for me that brings me to another point because that mm-hmm. question actually happened to me while i'm working on this bipoc engagement venture i was on a uh, world cafe in april mm-hmm. and of course all the panels were white old male <laughs> you know as usual, as usual. <laughs> and one of those panels was talking to the audience who is very diverse, right? And said, this is great, this is beautiful. Seeing the diversity in the room, this is what we want. 
And I immediately replied, well, that's perfect. But from our perspective, we always get the same things. So how can that change? How can we change the narrative so that there's at least a woman, a woman of color, an indigenous something, because it's always, always older white men. So that being said, that same older man contact me. We're still in conversation because that older white man is actually my ally because he's introduced me to other DNI, DNI diversity and inclusion, to other equity groups. So before you dismiss anybody, I'm saying that because we, we as BIPOC women are always being dismissed. We don't want to say that. We don't want to show that same disregard. We want to at least give time for them to, like Michael said, I misunderstood, I'm not sure, giving them that chance to apologize. I really didn't know. I, you know, because World Cafe, World Cafe Man did not know. So, but when you flip the switch, yep. or change that lens from all white to now diverse, like it's a better community and better leveraging. And I then, like and then he introduced me to somebody who introduced me to somebody who introduced me to somebody. So don't dismiss anything from the get-go. Just because you were treated that way, don't turn around and do the same thing. Yeah, people like to make it better. So if you bring it to their attention, you say, there's a problem. I, I think sometimes the challenge is, you know, there's a problem. Okay, what can I do about it? Nothing. All right, well, I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. Thanks. And I, I've run into that sometimes where I've actually said, like, what can I do to help? There's nothing you can do to help. It's, it's, it's systemic. And I'm like, okay, well, then I'll just not worry about it because I don't worry about things I can't do anything about. But, but you know, it, I think as, as you have that experience, you know, when you call, call like, you notice your whole panel's white. Oh, crap, I didn't even notice that. Oh, wow, we should do something about that. Yeah. Because you, know, you brought attention to it. And then, you know, they might bring you in and say, you brought a problem. And uh, if you can help solve that because um, that's obviously like I used to publish a community magazine in an area that was 96% white we featured a family on the cover every every month and people reach out to us and be like why are your cover stories always white and I'd say who do you know yeah <laughs> send me a family I'll put them on the cover because um, because that's another challenge you know we can't go door-to-door -door and be like oh you're black and live in the neighborhood can we put you on the cover that, that, that is not well received uh, but, so, so you know, people looking for diversity, but you know, sometimes it, it needs that introduction. You know, yeah, it's a bunch of white guys on the panel because who do you know? Who can you who can you connect us with? So they're often open to it. They just don't have those. You know, people travel um, travel with people like themselves. So if you can open those dialogues, it's powerful. Exactly, it's just to make that connection. Who do I know? Who knows my people? Basically, and who yeah. knows more people? I want to throw in there on this topic that um, I learned in my world of like doing comedy and also like book and program comedy clubs and comedy tours for people, right? So um, I learned something. This is a while ago, so I'm based down here in New Orleans, um, and you know, a lot of there's a lot of black people live in New Orleans, right? 
one of my comedy festivals, it was not, it, it, it wasn't representative of the city as like, like, it wasn't like what the city is actually like. You know, it was like a lot of, um, a lot of white people, but my excuse, my excuse was that that was the only people who had applied to the festival. But I learned, it's like, no, I need to go out and work harder to to provide an opportunity that everyone feels like they can be a part of it. Maybe some people felt like they couldn't be a part of it. Because in the past, they were used to it being predominantly white. So it was like, okay, next time I do this, I need to show more of an effort on my side. And I learned a lot that year. And since then, I have made it really uh, a priority as I'm scheduling calendars of people. It's like, this needs to be as diverse as possible because it will inspire future diversity. And you know, in the beginning, if someone says, someone if someone claims that oh, it's hard to do this because you know it's only white people in this in this city, it's like, well, you're not making it any easier by by not like looking further. So maybe that first year or two might be a challenge, but after that. It's like now it feels like this is a welcoming, open event, and it and it will and it will show. It will, it, you know, it, it, the the work will speak for itself, and your show will look no. better. Your show will look better, and everything about it will will just feel better. There'll be more voices represented, and then suddenly it's like boom. Now you're at the forefront in your own way, in your own in your own corner of whatever you do. Now you're at the forefront of it, and and I think that's a really a really stellar place to aim to be. So I'm getting a lot out of this conversation. I'm always down to be hearing more stuff like this. I love hearing how ways to be a better ally. I love having new skills for that because um, I think it's I think it's important. So I appreciate everything that everyone is saying, especially you, Marlene. Thanks for being here. And the more ingredients in the soup, the tastier it is. Yeah, it's that gumbo, baby. I mean. Tell it. Tell it, Dia. Mm-hmm. Just water and salt is not going to have much flavor. you got to have all kinds of ingredients. Exactly, exactly. And just to just to bring it all home. Um, so I want to be a lawyer. I've been wanting to have this dream come to pass for, let's see, how many decades has it been now? You go, girl. <laughs> and you got we, <laughs> thank you, Dee. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because this, it's actually been proven the LSAT is actually this 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 advantage disadvantage for the for first of all black applicants and um, racialized communities that's that has been in a study and has been in a study for like three years now so my god that's why I got such a low score right so it's all about what Chris just said. Opening up a door wider, not just to let anybody in, but to, to see where you or where this test has not been appropriate or has been disadvantaged for black people or racialized people or indigenous people or anything. Because it's been a, it's been studied and it's been proven over and over again. Also, one thing and I'm hung to all of you about this because I just had a, a conversation with my banking advisor yesterday about loans and the disadvantage of getting loans if you're you know, white or black. Now, I, I think it's been three or four years now. Now, because we're in Olympic season, Olympic athletes 
have gone on TV uh, to the media and said, the male athletes have said, I'm not going to participate in the sport. It's my female athlete is not being paid the same wage as I am. Is there still that wage gap with males and females? And that's not just with sports. I'm just using that because that's happening right now. It's with uh, actors and with jobs. For, for uh, I think there's new James Bond coming up now or something. Daniel Craig, he said, I'm not going to be James Bond if my female lead, lead is not paid the same as I am. So all this is coming out now. This is great. This is perfect. Because that, again, like I said earlier, that had happened to me. I was working at Legal Aid. I left after a few years, came back and spoke with my 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 coworkers or former coworkers, and they said, Marlene, did you hear about um, the lawsuit that uh, that we won? I'm like, no. The female assistants or bilingual, because I'm bilingual, we oui, oui. bilingual assessment officers were not being paid as much as the male assessment officers. That happened, this was back in 98. So this has been going on for how many eons? But the fact that we are now shining a light on this disparity is great, but we have to keep on going. Bring me back to the BIPOC engagement. We have our need, we have a fight. Let's bring it to them because it's now being revealed that we are not being treated fairly in the same aspect. Right, well, this has been great. I could talk for another three hours, but I can't because I have other meetings to get to. Um, but it's been awesome having you on here. As I always say, serendipity is much smarter than me at bringing our guests together um, because I just let the algorithm do its thing and wonderful people show up. And here it is. This show has been fan- a fantastic mix once again. So thank you all for being here. We're going to go around. We're going to uh, have a final comment, um, which you're welcome to drop your your website or your email or whatever you want to, whatever you want to uh, promote. Uh, and then, and people can find this on YouTube at youtube.guyknowsaguy.com. And of course, in my Facebook groups, which is probably where you're watching it. Um, there's the Morning Motivation Facebook group and the Guy Who Knows a Guy Facebook group. And on the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast feed, I put the audio from this. So if you're like, this is great. I want to listen to it again on my next hour long car ride. Look for the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast feed and you can listen to it again forever it'll always be well not it'll always be there but it'll be there for quite some time so you can listen to it again and again um so i'll go around I'll go around clockwise again because we scrambled the windows so i'll go to uh dia first give us your last words thank you so much for the opportunity it's been very enriching to hear from other people and i'm loving connecting and feeling claimed in this group (laughs) and i want to encourage you to not be one of the three people that's lonely there's somebody out there that cares about you and will connect with you you can go to my website and find all sorts of resources a link to my tedx talk about the magic of the meal and get together with someone and break bread it's important thanks again all right marlene Thank you again, Michael. This has been wonderful. Love meeting with Dee. Love meeting with Chris. And just finding out what what this quick, quick world has for us through their eyes. 
So thank you so much, Mr. White House. I am loving the interaction, I'm loving the connection, and for my BIPOC engagement, that's what it's all about, interacting, connecting, being your authentic self, because you can't be anybody else. Take care of yourself. If you don't take care of you, who will? So just remember to be strong, be be right, <laughs> and and don't forget to profess to progress. Speak your truth. Very good. And Chris? Yes, thank you all so much for having me. So one of the things I did throughout the course of our time on this call is I took a couple of notes of the things that y'all were saying that directly uh, applies to the thing that I do in this world, which is teach improv classes. Y'all were mentioning um, how important listening is about having non-adversarial communication is. Uh, it was mentioned it's all about communication. Or someone said, maybe you're too busy thinking to talk. And this lit me up because these are all things that improv classes help you get better at. Uh, specifically, in the moment, open-hearted communication. And I teach these classes to individuals and to businesses who are looking for interesting, innovative team building workshops. If you want more information, you can find my info at hellyescreative.com. You can also email me, go at hellyescreative.com. Michael, this is, this is so much fun. Thanks for being here. And thanks all of you for being you. All right. Thank you all. And once again, I remind you all, and I'll, I'll email you this offline as well, but uh, I the, the amusement park ride model of, of guests. So all of you signed up on the on the form and now that you've been on the ride you can get back in line again so if if you if you selected enough open dates then i might just grab one of those and if you haven't feel free to go back to the form you can sign up again i'd love to have you all back on the show and uh into a new random mix of folks to share new ideas and, and get to know even more great people so thank you so much for being on the show thank you at home for watching and be sure to uh join our groups and follow the podcasts and uh go follow up with all these great people Awesome. This has been the Power Lunch Live podcast hosted by me, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. To watch live, join the Morning Motivation Podcast Facebook group and tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Think you'd be a good addition to the Power Lunch group? Apply at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash powerlunch. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com that's jv-connect.com december 12th and 13th 2023 we'll see you there